1: Life.com.
0: Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I
1: really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility
0: to hear your music anywhere. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about I'm Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading episode 99 uh, of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Uh, if you're discovering us for the first time, welcome. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. My name is Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com and joining me each and every week, the other bloke talking tech, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Great to be
1: here with you again. Number 99, getting closer to the century, mate.
0: It just adds up by the day. I, I, I've been, we've been talking about ideas for the 100th. All I can think of is to shout people 100 golf balls at local driving range. I don't know. That's all <laughs> I've got. But uh, any ideas, welcome. Just go to twoblokestalkingtech.com, the Facebook page and... I don't know. Leave a note. Tell us what you think we should do for the hundredth episode. We'll take suggestions. Exactly. We're open to suggestions, as we always are. Lots to cover this week on Two Blokes Talking Tech, which is where we we talk about everything in technology for the week in thirty minutes, and that's what we do here. Two Blokes Talking Tech. Now, I don't know about you, mate, but I was kind of shocked this morning when I woke up. Uh, Apple have a habit of putting out their press releases overnight because of the the time delay, I guess, and time zones in the US and whatnot for us here in Australia. We get announcements officially overnight, but I was a little shocked this morning to get an announcement from Apple that they had uh, released a new product, essentially, which is an iPad with Retina display, the old-fashioned 9.7-inch iPad, the fourth-generation but with a new capacity of 128 gigabytes. And, you know, th- this is the kind of thing that I would have thought they'd save up for the next big thing, but I don't know what it means, and we'll speculate in a moment about that, but in the end, you were surprised too, I guess.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Well, uh, the, there was there were the rumors, of course, but until Apple released they their really? middle of the middle-of-the-night uh, emails to us here in Australia, it doesn't become official. But uh, the I think the reasoning behind it, Trevor, is the fact that, The iPad has become uh, an essential business tool for many companies, many of them, uh, Apple mentioned in their release, that are in the Fortune 500 companies, Hmm. and a lot of them were using their devices, their iPads, in such a way that demanded greater data use, so Uh in like data storage. So there were like, for example, doctors viewing X-ray films Uh and architects looking at computer aided aided designs and things like that, that prompted Apple, I think, to, to offer this higher capacity, which... I wish had it had it been out before Christmas. I think a lot of people would have snapped it up because oh, yeah. not only does it give you more room for that information, but also more room for music apps, uh, TV shows, movies, all of that, all that content that we like to carry around with us. So uh, I, I think this is going to be a popular one. Out next week on the fifth, uh, and from from the information I've got, it's exactly like the other, the older fourth generation iPad. Same processor, same small Lightning dock connector. Uh, and uh, but just with the greater capacity.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt it's the exact same model and just a, just a slightly different chip. One of the chips inside it is a uh, bigger capacity SSD. That's all it is. And what's interesting here is this was such an easy thing to do, and it's always been that challenging question. Why are they limited to uh, to, to, to 64? Why? It's just so easy to add storage space. Yeah, I, and I, I agree. And price-wise...
1: The next thing we'll see is this extending to the iPad mini, I think. But uh, you, you, just to, to address something you said earlier, why didn't they save this up for the next the next iPad mm. iteration? Mm. Uh, I think it's probably because this is going to be the probably the last f- uh, form factor like the iPad that we're seeing today. Though now, uh, there, there's a lot of rumors that it's going to follow the iPad mini design uh, moving forward. So I'd say f- from from now on, You you may not even have a 16-gig model anymore. It may start at 32 and go up to 128 because, as we all know, the the demand for for data capacity is always going to grow. So uh, that could be something we look forward to as well. iPad mini... Going up to one twenty eight, probably the next round, hmm. and uh, the the full size ones also following that path.
0: I think uh, I actually think roadmap wise, what they'll do is they'll keep the iPad two style or a cheaper version at sixteen gig. Uh, so there's always an entry level at the nine point seven. Uh, they'll increase this one, and the the form factor will change to the thinner, um, you know, chiselled hmm. edge style of the iPad Mini. I'm not sure the iPad Mini will go straight to one twenty eight, but certainly iPhone. Uh, six should go to one twenty-eight. I think that would yep. be a, a pretty smart move. But again, it's it's impossible to tell.
1: Uh, I know. It's a, it's. A, I'm I'm just speculating. too. what are they going to call the latest one? It'll be the new, 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 new <laughs> iPad. I'm assuming might be yeah. the name they suggest, or I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's 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 just interesting. And last thing we'll speculate on before we move on is is the fact that does this mean that the March standard iPad announcement date is actually going to be put back. Does With, with the iPad 4 announcement, uh, you know, shocking us in San Jose last year, mm-hmm. uh, with the iPad mini there, with, you know, different things like that, does this mean that maybe we're looking at a, a 2013 change in cycles? I think so.
1: I, I think that there's a good chance that Apple will announce new products in March, and I'm not talking iPad, iPhone, there's been so much speculation around a couple of products. One, the iWatch, the smartwatch. Hmm. Another being the smart TV. So I think this this potentially could be Apple clearing a path to introduce new products. So rather than just bringing out a new version of, a, of an iPad, of the yep. same, a product that they've already got, they could be clearing that March season for a brand new product that maybe we haven't even – thought about. That could, so, be, it. Uh, that could yeah. be it. As we mentioned, as we've been speaking about, Apple been under a bit of pressure lately. Their stock price is under a bit of pressure, despite their record quarterly sales. And this uh, this, this opportunity to innovate is something I think we're going to see this year, that uh, yep. you, there, there will be new products possibly in that March release schedule. And
0: that's the plan, and you never know, but we'd love to hear what you think, and you can hit us up at uh, twoblokestalkingtech.com, the Facebook page. It's only new, so check it in there and uh, leave a comment, say good day, uh, Two Blokes Talking Tech, each and every week. This is episode 99. Two Blokes Talking
1: Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long
0: and Stephen Fennig. Well, overnight,
1: uh, early tomorrow morning, where there's going to be a very, very important announcement from BlackBerry, their new BlackBerry 10 Operating system and also the accompanying devices that will mm. be used in conjunction with that new operating system. Uh, it's going to be quite a big event over in New York. There's been a lot of speculation about exactly. Well, we kind of know what they're going to announce, but I think what people are, are, are concerned about or, or talking about is whether this is enough to bring BlackBerry back, back, back. to the field. There's mm. been they were they were a force years ago with you know email in your pocket physical keyboards on on their devices. But then a little thing happened. The iPhone came out (laughs) and BlackBerry sort of were a little bit on the – not a little bit, but actually were on the slide big time. They, They struggled to make a touchscreen device to compete and a lot of people have since been turning their backs on Blackberry, including large companies yep. uh, and other users. So, I don't know, Trevor. I think this could be that. There's been a lot of positives around this announcement, uh, and whether it's enough to to bring Apple, sorry, bring bring Blackberry back to the table. Mm. I'm really curious to see. There's some co- cool features that Blackberry 10 offer. I'm cool. I'm curious to get it in my hand to see whether it's actually going to compete.
0: You know, it's funny because there's a there. It is a very cool and, and very fresh operating system for BlackBerry. They've poured, I reckon, more money into the publicity and marketing around and the launch around this than they have into the body software itself, most likely, just to ensure that they get the conversation around it. But that you know, there'll be two devices at least a, a full touch screen and there will be a physical keyboard device as well. I want to see them both because I would love to go back to the physical keyboard. I've said it a million times. I, I thrive in that space in terms of typing. I, I don't need the full screen. I'm quite happy with the keyboard and, and screen sharing space, but I also want to play with the full screen, um, full touch screen because they've got a very software-driven keyboard that does some very smart things and should theoretically make typing on a, a touch screen faster and more accurate. So that's what I want to try. That's what yeah, I want to play that's with.
1: Definitely, I think that's definitely an attractive feature because everyone's frustrated by t- touch typing, like typing on a on a keyboard on a, on a piece of glass at the touch screen. And their predictive text is apparently so good that it can even predict not only the word that you're already typing, but the mm. next word in your That's sentence. Yeah. Look so at I'll the... be curious to give that a try. But I think it's the whole uh, work-life balance that I think that they're pushing as well with with the, the operating system. It's actually called BlackBerry Balance. So you can actually uh, partition different sections of the phone for mm. personal, personal uh, content and then have your work half of the device as well, yep. uh, being able to switch between applications uh, quickly and easily. That's another attractive feature for power users. But I think, is it going to be enough, Trevor, with all these cool new features? It's going to take a lot to bring, to will attract users away from the iPhone, away from Android. And mm. following that disastrous wake up campaign last year, oh. I think that, that that did them a lot of damage, in my opinion. Uh, are they going to recover from that? And is this operating system enough? to bring them back to the field.
0: Yep, and that's what we'll find out uh, as I say by the time you download this you may have already read the news and uh, Stephen will have it all at techguide.com.au. BlackBerry 10, will it mean BlackBerry's back? I don't know. And again, we'd love to hear from you too dot like blackstalkingtech.com. It's um, it's a tough one because it's it's not just a little hurdle, it's a it's a huge leap that they've got to take to get back in the race. Now it is important that we acknowledge that Samsung have absolutely continued their their stunning lead in the smartphone race. Uh one in three smartphones sold as a Samsung. And there's a couple of things about this story, Stephen, that I think are really worth noting. And one of them is obviously, you know, that, that that's that's a huge number when when you compare it to Apple. But it's also really important to remember that there's two smartphone races out there. There is the Apple smartphone race in its own because there's people that just go there. And then there's the other smartphone race. And it's that race that I think is more important, even potentially to Samsung, than than the Apple war because... They want to make sure they are smashing, they are dominating, they are all over HTC, Sony, everyone else, Nokia, and they are. And this is the thing, they are absolutely smashing it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Well, the the figures released uh, last week by Juniper Research showed that These were figures for for Q4 last year, 2012, so there was uh, more than 200 million smartphones sold just Mm. in that fourth quarter, Uh, and and Samsung alone sold 63 million of those, and that figure that you mentioned, one in three devices, were actually Samsung devices and leading the way yet again was the Galaxy S3, which which sold an astonishing 40 million Ugh. devices in November alone. Now, we all thought that once the iPhone 5 came out, Samsung still had the dominance mid-year last year. Once the iPhone 5 came out, we thought, well, Apple are going to rein them right in. Apple still managed a record 47.8 million iPhones, but that's still significantly behind that 63 million figure that Samsung has recorded there. So I think – look. Apple have really got their work cut out for them this year. They're, they've, I think, as we mentioned in past uh, episodes, they really need to innovate. They need to kick away again. They kind of set the tone. Yeah, true, Everyone true. else has kind of caught up to them now. They've, they need to sort of to, to set another benchmark and kick away either with new products or a radically new and an inventive new iPhone. Yep. I think that now that everyone's come back to the field, and we mentioned BlackBerry in the last segment too, There, they could be a player in the, in the 2013 quarters uh, of sales, but, um, Mm. It, it is it is a two horse race at the moment. Samsung and Apple and Android as well. You got to throw Android operating system in there too. Mm. So uh, really interesting for 2013. What is how it's going to pan out?
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things. Uh, it's funny we talk. It's been an interesting few segments because we talk about BlackBerry and then we talk about iPhone and Samsung here. The Qantas Club used to be the, the measure for me. You'd walk into a Qantas Club and there'd be just Blackberries everywhere, and now it really is iPhones everywhere. But you know when you walk the streets now, um, you know I, was, I saw I, I walked to the train today from work and I I was on the train looking at people what phones they've got. And you know it is quite amazing to me how many of those you know Galaxy S3s are out there, even S2s. the Samsung really have done a great job in producing a phone that people want. and obviously the deals with the telcos make a real big difference there too because you know, the telcos you know, are pushing one other them out. thing to keep in mind as well.
1: Mm. Uh, in next month in February is the Mobile World Congress, which yeah. is the, the the CES for mobile phones, mm. which is in Barcelona. I've been to that trade show. It's, it's, it's all there, There's uh, manufacturers, networks, app developers, everyone is there in one spot. Mm. And I think that's going to be the venue that Samsung actually revealed the Galaxy S4. Oh, for sure. They'll reveal in February, probably hold off the release then till May. But I think, again, if they, if they can do that and people are thinking, well, uh, how many people have asked you, Trevor, and myself, do I get an iPhone, do I get a Galaxy yep. S3, a, a Note 2? They're the questions we're being asked every day. A Galaxy S4 will put Samsung over the top yet again, uh, and and I and the you won't see a new iPhone until probably September or October.
0: So it's going to be really interesting to see how those two go head to head. That's right, and uh, we'll keep you up to date. That on uh, two blokes talking tech. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to two blokes talking
1: tech with Trevor Long.
0: Stephen Finney. And you can hear Stephen and I uh, around the shops. Uh, my other podcast is Your Tech Life at YourTechLife.com Stephen has two blokes talking tech and also Tech Guide uh, podcast at TechGuide.com.au and uh, obviously you can hear me on the radio at two uh, UE every Saturday three o'clock and uh, on Stephen you can hear you on 2GB every uh, Monday and Wednesday afternoon. Is that correct with Chris Smith yeah, in the afternoons?'re
1: possibly going to be moved Monday and Thursday but that's not confirmed but definitely Mondays, possibly Wednesday and possibly Thursday so we'll see how we go
0: and that's where you can hear the two blokes talking tech. And it's all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au for the latest information on networking your home. And you remember, you can stay connected. You can boost your existing Wi Fi range for iPads, iPhones, and other mobile devices within your home with a very simple solution from Netgear, their Wi-Fi range extenders. There's a whole range of them to choose from, uh, from simple plug-and-play that kind of act like a double adapter. You just plug them into your PowerPoint and they work, or a full uh, what looks like a whole new router that sits there and, and expands your network throughout the home. They work with existing Wi-Fi ki- equipment. They're easy to install for your mobile device and in the home, and they help eliminate the Wi-Fi dead zones in your Home. And all that adds up to reducing your data usage on your mobile plan because you don't need to use the 3G or the 4G. You can use your home Wi-Fi. And if you've got a dead spot in your home, highly recommend you check out the Wi-Fi range extenders from Netgear, whole range of them there, and you can check them out at netgear.com.au. Now Instagram is the big thing on on social over the last year or so and it was bought by Twitter for, uh, by Facebook for billions of dollars but uh, it's a very simple app where you take photos and you put a filter on them and you share them and when you're following people on Instagram you're literally just you're not reading information you're just looking at photos well Twitter acquired a company and they finally uh, released the product from that company called Vine And it is a very cool concept, which which you can only really liken to Instagram, but with video. And it is a six-second video format. Now, what happens is you install the Vine app, you uh, register it with your Twitter account, and you find your Twitter friends, and you can follow them and all those different things. But then, essentially, you record videos without even using the normal camera. You, You literally get a video display on the screen, and you touch the screen. And while ever your finger is touching the screen... It's recording. You can touch it for a second, it'll record a second. You touch it again, it'll record for the next period of time up to six seconds. So you can do one six-second video or you can do a video with multiple little clips in it. And there's some very creative things being done already on Vine. I actually think this is really cool, mate. I've been inclined to do a little bit of it um, over the last week while I've been testing it and using it. I love it and I think it's got some real potential.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I've heard about this too. They're calling it already Vinstagram because it's uh, like a video for Instagram. So uh, that's an interesting yeah. one. But I think too, the, 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 the brief length of the video is important too. You, you don't want to get people recording two videos that are nah. too long. I know yeah. people can look longer videos, but I think that digestible size uh, is, is what makes it fun, what makes it challenging to, make, to be creative. Uh, a lot of people are describing them as gifts, you know, those little animated pictures uh-huh. because they're so short and if you can fit a couple in the six-second period, uh, I think the, the creativity is, uh, is really there for people to try out. And yeah, I think it just adds another flavor to Twitter, which, which is a- already very popular, but I think another, another
0: uh, gear for Twitter to, to switch to here that I think people will enjoy. Now, just a word of warning to people. Um, Vine is completely unmoderated, so anyone can post anything. And the problem here is there's already a website called vinepeak.com been set up, and it's actually very cool to sit and watch literally video after video. And then what they're doing is they're reading the public stream of information, and they're just publishing video after video after video. Now, The problem is you don't know what you're going to get next and there are some pretty sick puppies in the world and I've already seen at least twice... Videos of people's parts that I don't want to see ever again. Yeah, so, there, is,
1: there is that that uh, issue, isn't it? That that, and I, I think because you can only view Vine on uh, Twitter through only the iPhone and iPad so far, isn't that right? So, well, the, you, this is, Apple, I think, were concerned that, that the porn being served up through uh, uh, hmm. an iPod, an iPhone,
0: sorry, an iPad app as well, hmm, yeah. is something that Apple have been concerned about. So, yes, uh, user, user beware. User be in beware. situation. My recommendation is just follow the people on Vine that you would. Follow on Instagram or on Twitter. It's as simple as that. It's a bit of fun, and uh, enjoy creating your own videos uh, because six seconds is enough time to do some pretty cool stuff. And uh, you can check it out in the App Store. Vine, V I N E. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen
1: Now we all know printers uh, can be, well, they're an essential product that we need in the home and in our businesses, but one expensive consumable are the printer cartridges. Uh, Oftentimes, and and I'm sure you've heard this story yourself, Trevor, that many people, they get lured in by the $69, $49 printer, and they think, wow, that's a bargain. They buy the printer. Then when it comes time to change all the ink cartridges, the replacement cost is actually more than what they paid for the printer themselves. Hmm. So uh, it it is something that people have been uh, aware of. Print cartridges can be expensive. Not only that, they they're often can end up in landfill, so they cause a bit of wastage. Well, Fuji Xerox have come up with a brand new product that's actually done away with the printer cartridge. So instead of using a print cartridge as such, it uses a solid ink stick, which I received a package in the mail. I don't know whether you did as well, Trevor, f- from Fuji Xerox. And these color, these solid ink sticks are basically like square crayons. I've put pictures <laughs> very weird. on my tech guide. And rather than you inserting a cartridge into the Fuji Xerox Color Cube 8900 printer, you simply slip one of these little square-like crayons into the device. And what it does, it melts those... those those ink sticks and creates the ink using that rather than it employing a cartridge. Because uh, someone described to me how expensive a cartridge can be. It'd be mm. like every time you need to replace the oil in your car to replace the engine as well. That's uh, true. So in the print situation, the cartridge is actually a little bit of technology to help with the ink process. So this will hopefully save a lot of money in the long run.
0: It's a very cool concept. And uh, in the home printer cartridges are just the most annoying thing because you really don't get the sense that that you're getting value for money. You can buy printers these days cheaper than the actual printer bloody cartridges. That's how annoying it is. So a great little innovation there from Fuji Zero. It's one of the great stories you can read more about and see photos. Stephen's taken photos of those little ink sticks at uh, techguide.com.au Now, you've, uh, you've also got another story on techguide.com.au about an app, which, which is interesting because it's a panorama photography app, which is a difficult thing to, to even think that you want, considering that the iPhone and most Android phones do panoramas by default. You can you press a panorama button and take panorama photos. But this is a very cool app. It's called the uh, DMD, D for dog, M for Mary, D for dog, DMD panorama app. Uh, and it lets you kind of create 360 degree photos using the yin and yang um, symbol on the screen, mate.
1: That's exactly right. Yeah, this, was a, this is a cool app that, uh, well, everyone knows about panorama shots, but this creates panorama shots with a difference. It's kind of like, you know, remember those virtual reality pictures yeah, that you can sort yeah. of look around, you do a 360 degree turn and you can see the whole scene? Mm-hmm. It creates that kind of image that you can actually pan left and right. So rather than being just a static, flat image, it actually gives you the opportunity as if you're there to enjoy that vista that that you've photographed. Now, it's very simple to use. The yin and yang symbols that Trevor mentioned, what you do is you hold the phone vertically, you hit start, and you move the, uh, the smartphone in either direction, left or right, until that yin and yang symbol come together to form a circle and then it's recorded enough information to just take the next picture and then you move along and then do the same thing and you can do a 360-degree turn. Now, you can enjoy that panoramic view, that panable left and right view within the app. You can also upload it to the, uh, the DMD site as well. I took a photograph when I was in LA last week of, of Santa Monica off the pier uh, but I've also done a link to that image that you can pan on the DMD Panorama website as well, which you can also link through from Tech Guide. So you can enjoy that that as if you're there kind of view. Mm. You can also share them on Facebook and Twitter. You can even email them to your friends as well. But really interesting way to uh, enjoy your panoramic shots. And there is a special with the iPhone. It's only ninety nine cents down from a dollar ninety nine, and it's also available for free, but supported by ads. For Android users
0: Gotta love a bargain uh, DMD Panorama Search for it in the App Store or on Google Play And as I said You can read more about it At techguide.com.au Two blokes talking
1: tech You're listening to Two blokes talking tech With Trevor Long
0: now, we talk about a lot of
1: gadgets on this show, Trevor. Mm-hmm. Computers and smartphones and all that kind of, uh, those kinds of products. But one thing that we always need to do though, we need to carry them around with us safely and securely and also with a little bit of style. Uh, and it's for that reason I'm talking about STM. Now, this isn't a, a successful Australian company. I've known the owners of STM for a number of years since they were distributing their products from their garage. Bondi. They've come a long way since then, Adina and Ethan, and they've just released a new Velocity range of bags that are, there's a shoulder bag, a backpack, a tote bag, uh, a vertical shoulder bag, and they're just deceptively, uh, there's there's a deceptive amount of space within them too. There's mm. zipper pockets and, and uh, areas for your iPad, and there's also a sleeve for your laptop, uh, little pouches for your smartphone. I've gone through, the. I won't go through all of them now, but there's, the range is made up of the Impulse, the Velo, uh, the Linear, the Marianne and the Blazer. I'll put images on Tech Guide of the bags as they look close and also a similar image of all the pockets open with this, all the devices that are pouring out of them. So I think carrying around your devices safely is a very important thing, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I actually really love them and it's funny, when we are in the States uh, for CES, I, I, as you know, I drove from LA to Vegas. There's big outlet stores uh, halfway on the drive and I stopped there. I actually nearly bought a backpack because the one I've got is from Beijing 2008, the, the Olympics and it's it's getting pretty old. Uh, but I just couldn't find one that had, you know, the capabilities that I wanted in terms of the laptop and the and the technology stories. I love the um, the Impulse bag from STM because it's not only got a couple of sections, it's got three sections predominantly, but then there's just a little one at the front where you can put some of the things that you don't regularly access but, you know, you definitely need to keep with you. Just stuff like that, mate. They put so much thought into these things and they the do. quality of them is very good. I mean, that this is not cheap stuff. This is good quality stuff and I've seen STM, um, you know, post up in in the big you know bag stores you know in the Westfield, so you'll you'll find these things in in good quality retail outlets as well.
1: Yes, yeah, the JB Hi-Fi. I think you might even find some in some Apple stores in other major retailers. Uh, my favourite of the of the lot, apart from the Impulse, I agree. That's actually the bag I'm using right now. But the Velo 2, which is a shoulder yep. sort of messenger style bag. Uh, I, I Actually, the first time I looked through it, I'm thinking, where do you put the laptop? I'm thinking, mm. they've forgotten to put the laptop section in this thing. But then I found it. It was The zipper was on the, on the side of the bag, mm. right near the back of the bag. Yeah, so yeah. you slip the the laptop in sideways rather than through the top. So I thought, well, hang on a minute. And then when I discovered it, I thought, well, that's, that's a clever way to put it.
0: I might have to get the credit, credit card out because I am in need of a new backpack and a new messenger bag style, so it might be time uh, to invest in an STM. You can read more about every single one of those and see the great photos at techguide.com.au. Uh, now it's time to warm yourselves up, people, because uh, this is the moment of time where uh, Stephen gets himself uh, gets his act together, essentially, and uh, brings us some really important information about the, a couple of products. Now, I would love to give you the countdown timer, but I've completely forgotten to get that thing ready, man. I'm, I just want to set your expectation there that the ticking <laughs> clock is not going to happen right away. I might get it during your reviews, but you've got two reviews for us tonight. Uh, yes, the, I have. The Start first the one, clock, Trevor. The first, first is, one is the, the Amazon. Amazon
1: Kindle. Paperwhite. This is the very latest e-reader from Amazon, the Kindle Paperwhite. First thing you'll notice is the screen is a lot whiter, hence the name. The reason for that, though, is because it's got a built-in light. The old Kindle, which looked like it had an e-ink screen, looked like paper. Trouble with that, though, is it needed an outside light source. If you were reading in the dark, you needed a light. Now, unlike a uh, tablet or a smartphone which has a backlight, the Kindle Paperwhite won't bathe the whole room in light because the light points inwards, so if you're laying in bed next to your partner, you're not going to keep them awake with this bright light. Uh, the the, oh, the only thing that will be illuminated is the screen. It's got a touch screen and all the great features we enjoy with Kindle, including being able to access the store on the device. There's 3G and Wi-Fi models available, and for the first time, they're available now to Australian customers. You can order through the Amazon website, possibly soon too through Big W and Dick Smith, who've uh, sold the previous models. But uh, full review at Tech guide. there's images, and I've really enjoyed using this one
0: very nice uh, again uh, full review at techguide.com.au two blokes talking
1: tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick.
0: alright the next product uh, we saw at CES uh, it's by Fiddy Fiddy
1: That's right. Well, I'd like to think I've got a lot of street cred, Trev, so that's why I had a look at the SMS Audio Street by 50 DJ headphones. That's quite a mouthful, but they're backed by the man himself, 50 Cent, 50. What he decided to do was create headphones that delivered three things, sound quality, style, and toughness. Sound quality, big tick for this one. Terrific sound quality for the price, excellent bass, got passive noise cancellation, so you don't need a battery. So the whole styling of the headphones, they they close in around your ears quite nicely, cut out that outside noise, so it's passive rather than active, so there's no need for a battery. Styling, it, it is pretty sleek. Uh, it, it, the ear cups have got leather, leather coverings and a nice soft headband, but the toughness part, that's something that people are going to be impressed by because these can take a lot of punishment. They're designed to be used every day, uh, and being DJ headphones means that there's articulated hinges above each ear cup, so you can actually swing the ear cup off your ear if you're maybe queuing up a record if you're using them as a as a DJ or just simply to hear the outside world if someone your phone might be ringing. But speaking of that, there is a cord that actually allows you to answer your smartphone. It's got a microphone and a navigation button, and it's also got a coiled DJ cable, which which is a little bit longer, but yeah, pretty good quality. I was very impressed by these two ninety nine ninety five. They're sort of up there in the Dr. Dre quality, but a hundred dollars cheaper, so well worth your look. I well, look
0: at them. I got it going in the end. You see, <laughs> just ticking in the background. Uh, you're listening to two blokes talking to. Well, that's a wrap. Episode 99 is in the can. Two Blokes Talking Tech.com will take you to the Facebook page where you can say good day, uh, chat away. You can also follow us both on Twitter. Trevor Long uh, is my name, at Trevor Long, and Stephen Fennec with a PH. Stephen Fennec, one word with a PH, uh, on Twitter. Uh, thanks for listening, and you can find out more about most of those stories at techguy.com.au. Talk to you next week, mate. See you next week for episode 100, Trevor. Two Blokes
1: Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennec.